right, so hi everyone. Welcome to the Girls Can Be Heroes 2 podcast. My Ooh. name is Julia, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Sarah. Hello, I'm Sarah. <laughs> it's good to have you here. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy to be here. I'm, I'm ready to talk about some of the best female superheroes. Let's oh, do awesome. awesome. I'm excited too. So just to kind of give a premise of what this podcast is about, um, growing up, you know, I've always loved watching superhero movies, and I've always looked up to characters, you know, like Batman, Superman, Iron Man, pretty much any of, like, the mainstream superheroes that we've seen in the past, like, 10, 15 years. Uh, but we do happen to be in this, like, new age where superhero movies, uh, they're extremely popular, and we're lucky enough that we've gotten to see a handful of female characters come onto the screen. Especially within the past few years, we've gotten to see some really influential characters like Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel, Harley Quinn. That's all like DC and Marvel, like from the comics. But then we've also had other characters as well from other franchises like Star Wars. You have like Princess Leia, you have uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, you have characters like Katara, uh, even like so many other shows. There have just been so many great characters. But the goal of this podcast is just to talk about some of these popular characters and see how they relate to topics of feminism and how they've been able to help break down stereotypes. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I feel like growing up, I was surrounded by so many like uh, stories with male leads, like they are the heroes, the males always save the day. A lot of those old princess movies that we watched when we were younger kind of have that same trope. But it, it makes me happy now knowing that uh, young girls growing up can see girls in front of the camera saving the day and being the heroes of their own stories. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, I think that it's really great because you've gotten to share that limelight with so many other amazing actors and actresses. So you're not just focusing so much on, oh my God, you know, you have the damsel in distress. How is the guy going to save her? How is he going to save the day? And then the girl's like, oh my God, you know, she's not necessarily useless, but she's just kind of there as the romantic love interest. Yeah. But with these characters, they kind of show that females, uh, you know, any female lead, any female character really can take that lead and be like, okay, well, no, like, this is who I am. These are my skills. This is how I'm going to be useful and how I can, like, really make an impact. And so the first one that we're going to be talking about is going to be Wonder Woman from 2017. Uh, it's a fairly recent movie, and it was directed by Patty Jenkins, and she actually became the first woman to direct a large-budget superhero movie. Wow. I yeah. 2017, that's when we get our first female director for a superhero movie. Right? Super those movies have been around for so long, those superhero movies. You know, you have the old Batman ones, you have the Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, and throughout all of those, no female directors. Yeah, and you've had, like, all, like, the old-fashioned, like, uh, Batman, like, TV shows with, like, I forget the actor's name, but so many of old interpretations of these characters, and it's just, like, 2017, what was, what, like, three, four years ago? Yeah. And you're just now seeing this character come into play. And it's like, it's really cool with the director because she actually did a really, really great job with the movie because according to different articles, um, like from IndieWire, um, it's an article from the writer Tom Bergerman. Uh, he stated that the 
movie itself won the title biggest grossing live action film directed by a woman domestic and worldwide. So not only did it do really great just here in the US, but internationally as well. Yeah, that's amazing that it did so well across the globe. Yeah. And it was like it actually grabbed the title of the highest grossing superhero movie, like origin movie back in 2017. And so according to like other articles as well, like from Box Mojo, it stated that they earned eight hundred twenty one million eight hundred forty seven thousand and twelve dollars, which said it, yeah, it's <laughs> a lot. And it said that it actually surpassed the previous title owner from 2002. So 15 years prior, it was actor Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Wow. I just want to go back to that for a second. Like, Wonder Woman was the highest grossing superhero origin movie of its time. That's just, that blows my mind because there were so many origin movies before her. And the fact that when Wonder Woman showed up, she kind of blew all the other ones out of the water just speaks to how much of an audience there is for these female uh, centric movies. Like people want these movies, people want strong female leads and the numbers don't lie. You said 821 million and the rest of it, I, I don't even know how to repeat it, but it's just, the numbers don't lie. There is a demand for this and people want to see this representation on screen. Yeah. And I think like the only movie, like origin movie that I can think that can compare to this is like the dark knight when we see like batman begins that's like one of the first movies that pops into my head for well also from being from dc the same universe mm -hmm. you know i just remember all the hype about that trilogy when it came out but from christopher nolan and everyone was just so involved with that they were all like you know this character is great you got to see the joker you got to see scarecrow all these really cool villains but then you know flash forward a couple years later and it's like, we get to see Wonder Woman, we get to learn about the Amazons, we get to learn a bit more about the character herself and where she comes from. And so it's really cool to see. Well, it's this one, this came out in 2017 and it's the highest grossing of its time. That means it beat out Iron Man, Thor, the Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, the, the Dark Knight series. Yeah. The feel, all that. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's just, just knowing that we're in this age of superhero movies, I think it really does show that, like how you mentioned, there's a high demand for these female-led uh, movies and these female characters to come onto screen. Yeah. And so, like, just to kind of move on, uh, we're just going to talk about, like, specific scenes from the movie itself. And one of the things that pops out to me in regards to gender equality and really, like, gender inequality was that there was a scene where Diana, or Wonder Woman, she goes shopping with this uh, guy that she rescued, and she gets taken into the normal world because she grew up on an island where it was just all females, you know, there were no males in her society. They were literally tucked away in this, like, private island that was protected by, like, this magic uh, barrier that didn't allow people to, like, come in and out. And it's just a whole society of just female characters. And when she gets taken into this new world, you know, this like industrial revolution, it's during World War II. And she just has to blend in because she doesn't really know what to do, how to act. And they take her to go shopping so she can be a little bit more inconspicuous. 
So they take her to this like really, really nice uh, boutique and she's like touching all these like really elaborate and like elegant jackets and like corsets. And she meets Steve's secretary and like assistant and she's asking them like, oh, like, well, how do you know Steve? Like, what do you do for him? And so Diana ends up meeting with the assistant and secretaries because Steve asked them to help get her into an outfit. And she asks the girl at a candy, who is the assistant, oh, you know, what do you do for Steve? How do you know him? And she goes and she states like, oh, well, I'm his assistant, like kind of secretary. I kind of do everything for him. You know, I'm getting his mail, making appointments, kind of helping him get like dry cleaning, that kind of thing. And Diana's like immediate response is that, oh, well, where I'm from back home, they call that slavery. Whoa. (laughs) So it's like, it's so crazy because she had only been in normal society for maybe a few days or a couple of, like less than a few days and the first interaction that she had with like a regular woman she goes and compares her position to something like much darker yeah yeah so like diana grew up in a world where that didn't have these gender norms she didn't know about you know women kind of at this time being seen as inferior to men and the fact that um that she meets the assistant and is so shocked by this role that she, the assistant is put in is, is very interesting because as you called it, you called the world that we live in, the one with the assistant, the normal world, but to Diana, this is not the normal world. The world she grew up in didn't have these gender norms, didn't have these gender roles. And it makes you think like, why do we have these? Is this really a normal world? You know, why are we all not all kind of on the same level here? So it's definitely an interesting, interesting take on, our current society, even though this she is talking about um, back in like the time of World War II, you can still see um, this now. You know, a lot of women are in kind of subservient roles. They're assistants to big male CEOs, um, and it, you can definitely take her perspective and apply it to our society today. Yeah, that's a really good point that you bring up. And it's just it's crazy now because we still we're still trying to fight against that and trying to get that equality. You know, granted, it is a little bit easier now, but that's only thanks to the move, like all these movements that have been going on, like women's marches and like every like female, you know, just fighting for their rights and, you know, they're entitled to it. So we're really thankful that we've gotten to this point so far where we've been able to recognize these things in order to help change them for the better. Yeah. And it's crazy because a lot of it, we don't even recognize exists. It just kind of, a lot of these kind of gender norms are so ingrained into society that we don't realize that they're unfair until it gets pointed out by, you know, someone like Diana Mm -hmm. or someone in that position. You know, it, it surrounds, like, these norms kind of control the entire world around us. And once you take a step back and you're like, huh, why is this the way it is? That's when you're able to kind of uncover these um, injustices. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's also basing off of like different cultures and regions as well. You know, everywhere you look, it's going to be different. And I think this is a really good example of just how you mentioned taking that step back and seeing, you know, like just noticing these details that are so often overlooked. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and it's like to kind of like continue on with that uh the next thing that i was going to bring up was how she when she's actually trying on the outfits she's you know in these tighter fitting more restrictive dresses and skirts and she's asking etta just like how am i supposed to fight in this you know what am i supposed to do like i can't move my arms i can't move my legs Mm -hmm. and etta responds with that and she's like oh well you know you don't have to fight you know there's no need for that and then my favorite part is when she tries on the next outfit she goes and she does this like really high kick and she rips the dress like the bottom part of the dress because she's just standing there trying to like get adjusted because she's so ready just for like anything and it's like especially when it comes to fighting and having to to defend herself or even to fight for others she's like so quick to and she's like constantly aware that she has to be like that and so i think it just goes to show that you know having like restrictive outfits you know that we've seen so many times with other characters you know they're really not effective and so it's just like quite her literally breaking that stereotype of a tighter outfit and like ripping it apart yeah because you you see like in a lot of older movies um women are kind of put into these dresses and heels as they fight crime you're like this isn't this isn't practical like this makes no sense they yeah. only do that so that people find them attractive and like them. But I like how Diana kind of kicks out of those those norms symbolically by ripping the dress. And, uh, you know, yeah. Diana is here to kick some butt, you know? she's done, She needs something that she can really uh, fight people with. She can't do it in a dress. Yeah, she, need, she means business. And, you know, she didn't come here to mess around. Exactly. She's trying to save the world. Yeah. And so I think it's also just a big influence on that is just the world that she grew up in, you know, she literally grew up in this little island where she was taught that she can fight, you know, she has to rely on her skills because her survival skills are what's going to carry her through the rest of her life, you know, no matter if it's just on a day-to-day basis or if it's in something, you know, much bigger like a war or a battle. And so just to kind of move past that, like, I'll just want to bring up some of the other details that are in the movie as well so i kind of just want to talk about like the amazon woman like themselves that we see in the film so what we really see in the movie is that these warriors are just regular people the movie themselves um the actors behind these other characters they're not just random fill-ins for the spots they're actually like former athletes police officers, people that are very involved in, like, CrossFit, like, bodybuilding, and, like, even professional fighters, you know, there was a lot of them who had backgrounds in, like, boxing, jujitsu, so all these, like, really tough, really hard backgrounds, and it just goes to show that, you know, the care, like, these people themselves have a very diverse background regarding, like, fitness and what they're used to, and so it's just bringing all that together to the on-screen representation of the Amazon woman, you know, yeah. it's just really cool to see actual people who look like warriors, like they're ready to fight at any minute. Yeah, and what I love about this is, as I feel like in the media, we don't see a lot of, like, muscular women. Mm-hmm. Apparently that's not attractive, so you don't see it in superhero movies or any media of that kind. Like, the fact that these women have muscles and are strong are breaking down those traditional gender barriers of, you know, women need to be as 
thin and tiny as possible and as dainty as possible. Like, no, like not all women are like that. Some women have, you know, big biceps, you know, women ha can have muscles. They can be strong as well. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just feel like I don't really see women with muscles or that kind of physique portrayed in the media. And I like that Wonder Woman did that. I think it's a great touch. Yeah, that. it really helps bring together that picture that they are actual warriors, you know? Granted, like, we don't, we don't see many fights or anything, like, compared to in the movie in real life, but it's really cool to see that, you know, this is what these characters were designed to look like. You know, the Amazon woman you're talking about, these really tall, powerful, uh, just extremely, extremely skilled warriors, and it's like you're getting to see, like, what an actual representation of that is, and that's just really amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah, especially because they spend, like, so much time working out and, like, supporting each other and figuring out just how to actually play the role. And I think that, like, another comparison that we can make is the costumes themselves. Uh, you know, they're not wearing really revealing clothing or, or, like, armor. They're wearing, like, actual armor that's protective of, like, their vital organs, like, their chest. Um, they have, like, gauntlets to cover their arms they have like leather straps hanging off and like these tall boots that help protect their shins and your the ankles and feet and so i think it's just a really big comparison to other characters like female characters we've seen because like you think about wonder Wo not wonder woman uh catwoman from like the dark knight trilogy or any other time that they've had her brought in um she's quite literally in a cat suit like a skin tight black cat suit or even like black widow you know it's kind of the same thing you know they're these skilled assassins and like fighters and they're in these skimpy little suits just to show off their figure just because the original creator or like art directors were like you know what's gonna draw an attention you know their bodies themselves you know what they look like yeah um yeah, I like that the costume department and I guess the director went into this movie thinking, let's not just make them look attract, like, let's not make their costumes, like, to make them very sexualized. Let's, yeah. let's make them realistic. Let's cover their vital organs with some metal. Let's get them shin guards and wrist guards so that they can actually realistically fight against um, their intruders. Yeah. And it's like, I think like the biggest scene that we see that in is in the beginning when after Diana rescues Steve from a plane crash and they have the rest of people, like the male soldiers from World War II, you see them coming in their ships and their boats and they're coming to attack because they think that the island of Themyscira, which is Diana's home homeland, they think that, you know, they're harboring him and that there's people that are going to fight. And you see these guys coming up with their guns and they're in these big ships and everything. And then you see all of the Amazon women scale down the side of the cliff or shooting their arrows from the top of the island. And they have just like really great accuracy. And it's like they're able to take down so many of these male soldiers. And it's like, they've practiced for so long and they have all of these like skill sets and I know that we were talking about before how when the men come ashore all they were doing is just shooting blindly and they couldn't really fight 
and it was just like you got to see these amazons come in on horses and like jump around and do these like cool flips and twists in the air and like throwing swords and like slow motion yeah i think this i love this scene i think it's a great way to highlight the immense skill that the amazon women have you know even though the germans who are invading the island have uh have guns have better technology than the amazons who just have bow and arrows and rope the fact that the amazon women have trained their entire lives to to fight you can really see that it doesn't matter who has the better weapon the better technology the women have trained harder and they end up being superior in battle but there's this one shot of like all 50 of the women amazon women on the edge of a cliff drawing their bows back and they go to shoot at the the incoming germans each one of their bow strikes hits one of them while as julia said the the germans are just blindly shooting no skill involved so it's just a great way to portray women as you know skilled and smart and competent in battle because i feel like you don't see that a lot of the time a lot of time they need to be saved by men or they don't know what they're doing they're confused but no these women are determined they're protecting their home and uh their skill is really beautifully showcased in this scene yeah and i think it's just like it's really important to bring up that fact that you know it's breaking down that stereotype that the females have to be at home when the men are off to war or when they're fighting mm -hmm. and so it's just you're getting to see all of their skill sets come and it's just really showing that you know the woman doesn't have to be a person who's in distress or who needs to be rescued all the time and i know that we were saying uh, like Wonder Woman, she's like the perfect example of heart and action. So she really does care about people and if she can save them. And she, you see her in the movie, she's willing to sacrifice herself and go through like these battlegrounds just to save these people that she's never even met before. And it's just showing that, you know, she can still have that heart. She can still have that emotion when it comes to, you know, these battles and fights that she's in. But she's still able to be level-headed and take the appropriate action and come out, you know, victorious. Yeah, I love how they portrayed Wonder Woman here. You know, this balance between, as you said, heart and action is so amazing because in society today, a lot of people say that, oh, women, you know, they can't be in leadership positions because they're too emotional. They can't make decisions, like split second decisions. Their heart is too much tied into the business. But it's really about having that mix of, um, that mix of heart as well as action. And even though in society, people believe that women can't have this mix for whatever reason, uh, Diana shows that, yes, they can. And she sh she's the perfect balance of, caring about the people that she's fighting for as well as being such an amazing skilled intelligent fighter um i think she's just a great example to show people in society today that you know women are capable yeah i think that's a really good way that you put it because you know i remember just seeing now for like all halloween costumes and stuff from like young girls they're dressing up as wonder woman you know in these costumes with the headband and the armor and like they're going around with the lasso and it's like so there's just such a big change with like so many young girls out there who are able to go and say like oh like I want to you know I look like this character or I want to act like this character or I want to be like her and it's just really really great to see 
such a great role model. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like just to kind of like sum up everything, it's just really going about and saying there were so many scenes in this movie that like we didn't even get to talk about that go ahead and show different uh, representations of these characters, like with the background extras and getting to see how they act and what they do and seeing how they're fighting and just kind of seeing how that breaks down the gender stereotype that a woman, you know, is weaker or can't be a fighter. And then just like moving on from that, it's showing that, you know, these there's so much attention to detail in this movie that you don't necessarily notice the first time that you watch it. I mean, it took me like at least two or three times of watching the movie to like pick up on like little things that they say or like noticing like details in the outfits or like and just small stuff like that that you would often overlook. Yeah, hopefully uh, Wonder Woman 1984 has this same attention to detail. Um, that's the next movie coming out. I don't even know when it's coming out. It got delayed. Yeah, I know it got delayed, but hopefully we'll get to see it in the next year. Yeah, hopefully it's another great example of, you know, Wonder Woman being that amazing hero, amazing role model who has the balance of heart and action mm -hmm. and is going to save the day. Yeah. And it's like, I know it's going to be directed by Patty Jenkins because I've seen some of the behind the scenes stuff and them talking about it so just knowing that it's the same people involved in the movie i think that it's going to be really great that's a great point i, f I forgot that uh, patty jenkins is directing this one again so i'm sure it's going to be great yeah so it's like definitely giving a lot of credit to patty herself and like all of like the people behind the scenes like actors production crew everyone who helped bring this movie come to light you know, it really goes to show that they knew what they were doing because they broke so many records and they brought in so much money when the film was initially released. Yeah, and again, just to say, like, I want to say, like, a big thank you to you, Sarah, for helping me and just taking the time to come on and talk about this character. Of course. You know, it's really great to hear from someone else's point of view and their own, like, opinions and beliefs. So it's really great for that. I'm always, always happy to talk about some amazing female superheroes. Always, always happy for that. Yeah. And so I think for our next episode, we're actually going to go ahead and we'll dive into another movie. I believe the next pick is going to be Birds of Prey and we'll be talking about Harley Quinn. So we'll kind of be shifting from talking about superheroes to talking about a supervillain. Nice. Yeah. And then if you guys want to stay updated with us and figure out like what's going on, our schedule of posting and everything, uh, you can go ahead and follow the Instagram account. So it's going to be at GCBHT underscore podcast. And so we'll be posting a little bit more stuff there just so you guys can get a little bit more content of the podcast itself and just figuring out like when we're posting and like just interacting more with us.